You're listening to a Destiny Park Media Podcast. Shut the door, have a seat. It's time for another round of Dad Men. Or should I say, the Dad Men Doncast. Yes. Our newly branded name. Uh, one half of the Doncast coming at you is Mike Jolliver, and the other half is Michael Rowland here at your service. At your service. At your service. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done. No man. Um, happy to happy to be here with you, and um, we have now passed the holiday of uh, Thanksgiving as well as Black Friday. We've moved. We've moved past both. I was able to do some double duty on the. Um, on the Thanksgiving day and uh, had two meals. Different days, though, not not the same day. So I did have regular – on Thanksgiving day, on Thursday, we went and saw um, Al's parents and we brought Luna to that. And um, she was uh, – <laughs> she, she, she gets a little nervous when meeting, like, new people and not knowing, like, what's going on. So she'll be like, we're like, yeah, we're going to go meet um, Al's uh, family or whatever, her cousins, basically. And she's like, you know, I don't, I don't, let's, let's go back home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, babe, we have to, we have to go meet the fam. You just, you can just say hi and, uh, and, you know, just introduce yourself and then we can chill out. So then she, um, she kept calling them their friends because you know, I think that's how like the kids like conceptualize like other people that they don't know. It's like, yeah. those are like mommy and daddy's friends. But like, no, this is family. It's part of the family. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was cute, and um, as soon as she like was saying hi and everybody was like nice and stuff like that, she like got into it and really enjoyed it. And I think it also helped that it was at um, Al's parents' place, which is like her grandparents' place, which she's very like familiar with. So yeah. like, new people coming to a place that she knows versus bringing her to a new place of people that she doesn't know, which is like a double double new east type thing. So, but um, yeah, it went pretty well. Uh, food was great. And then um, the day after for Black Friday, I had my um, my uh, mom and my sister make up some food and brought it to our house, and uh, we ate there and uh, had the uh, Alice parents over for that and kind of kept it small and chill. And um, both foods were fantastic. What 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 about you? How was your uh, how was your Thanksgiving uh, week? Um. <laughs> shit <laughs> you said the week so now i can't lie uh well you can tell me about more of how about Thanksgiving. i'll keep it to thanksgiving because your... yeah, let's keep it to thanksgiving day because <laughs> uh, otherwise i'm going to be singing an epic opera that is <laughs> the saddest story that's ever been told I'm a, not the saddest but um no of course so i'm just i'm happy that luna had a fun time because yeah kids, kids being scared about change it's it's normal and it's it's. I remember when I was her age, and like you know, uh, meeting new people, meeting new people who are like family, but you don't really know exactly what that means. Like cousin, huh? Yeah. What exactly? Exactly. This is a ga- this is a game changer. And what does cousin mean? <laughs> yeah, know? I know. It's like hard to even explain. Well, that, you know, your aunt and I'm uncle. I'm kind of fuzzy on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I had a I had a good Thanksgiving as well. Um, nice. As we talked about in a previous ep. I'm having a, a weird sort of shift into my old age where uh, I, I don't really care for Halloween anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. 
And I have friends that are older than me who still love Halloween, so it could be just like a weird gap year where I'm taking a break from it. But Yeah, um, for sure. I had always been a Thanksgiving hater, man. I had said this is such a pointless holiday. It's like pre-Christmas. It's You see yeah. all the relatives and you have the same conversations that you're going to have during Christmas. And um, <laughs> yeah. I, I was a hater. And this year, it just felt really... I felt I felt foolish. I felt like no oh, interesting perspective has changed, and uh, yeah, Thanksgiving this year was was real nice. Um, oh, good. Yeah, no, I went to my dad's house, and nice. uh, my uh, my brother and his wife were there, j- friends of the pod, uh, nice, Joseph nice. Roland and Kelly Roland, not from Destiny's Child. No, the Kelly Roland. No, no, look hey, at Joe. Don't, look at Big Joe. Sp- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's why you've seen him in all the. Uh, Award show photos. Um, <laughs> they're called Fojos when it's pictures of Joe. But, uh, Ooh, I like anyway. that. I like that yeah. <laughs> But some great food, man. Some great food. Uh, so this great turkey that had had like a, a really sugary crust on the, mm. on the edge, you know. So Okay. Um, and I don't know about you, but I, I really like that like crispy crust on a cold piece of turkey, which they had been advised. I can't remember where they got the turkey, but... They've yeah. been advised to serve it cold, and it worked. And, oh, interesting. Yeah. That's mashed dope. potatoes. That's some mashed potatoes uh, with great mm-hmm. gravy, some uh, um, stuffing. And it was, you know, um, my dad's, uh, my stepmom, sometimes I call her my dad's wife, just, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah. She was like, oh, yeah, they're just uh, from packet, or not packet, what's it called? Like uh, when it's like easier to make stuffing. Oh, like from it's the from box. a box. Yeah, she said it's it's just from the box, and I'm just like this tastes great. Like I'm just shoveling it in, and um, <laughs> it was great. It was a really great meal, and everyone got along really well. Which, when you're a child of divorced parents, it's uh, it's really important that everyone gets along. And it's I, I don't oh, take yeah. it for granted. I'm very proud of both my. Is it weird as a kid to say I'm proud of my parents that they like get along? I don't. Th- no, it's, I don't. No, think so. I like that because it puts an adultness to your feelings you know what i mean because you stand as your own man and being like hey i'm proud that these other adults also like were able to kind of like coexist in a way that's like hello fellow adults that's what i say to my parents (laughs) hello there (laughs) hello uh but anyway yeah no thanks for asking it was a nice time um didn't do any black friday purchases either and i'm not doing anything for cyber monday oh the cyber yeah i'm i'm scared (laughs) Uh, i i just imagine myself getting lost in the digital superhighway of cyberspace. Oh, it happens. It happens. It definitely it definitely happens. Um, what's your feeling on traditional Thanksgiving meat versus outside of the turkey? So, like, my, so my parents, they never really did a turkey. Mm. I think initially they tried doing it, but weren't huge fans of, like, cooking it. And didn't really like like the way it turned out. It's a, it's so, an ordeal to make, from what I've heard. Yeah. So my mom switched to like she'll do whole chickens mm. now. She'll do like multiple chickens. Sometimes we've done um, we've done ribs before in the past too. Yum. Yeah. I like I like I kind of like offshooting from you know obviously people people sometimes like they won't do the turkey and they'll go to they'll go to ham. We don't we never really done the ham ourselves. We, we've done it. That's definitely like another. Yeah. What well, how do you feel about like those like straying away from the general I think it's I think it's important to stray every once in a while. So uh you appreciate the standby when you come back to it. This is not my thought mm-hmm. on relationships. 
Uh, <laughs> food only. Um, if you're into it, that's fine. But uh, right. But I've I've had Thanksgivings at my uh, grandparents' house in Wisconsin, and they they served mm-hmm. goose. Oh, goose, goose okay. is uh, very different from turkey. Very different. Yeah, um, it's a darker okay. meat. It's uh, very. I guess I would say it's just very moist, very uh, fatty. And uh, mm-hmm. as a kid, I did not like it. As an adult, I suspect okay. I would like it. Um, it sounds it does good right. To me. So it, it's I'd like to try yeah. it again. And then we we've had the ham. And as a kid growing up, I loved ham. I was just this. Such, yeah. I was such a ham lover. And uh, <laughs> as an adult, I sit here and I'm just like, I really don't want ham. But yeah, man, uh, I enjoy. Sometimes we've we've had a Thanksgiving or two where we'll like get takeout i believe oh i don't don't know if that was thanksgiving or uh christmas actually but i think it's great asian takeout i I don't remember if it was asian or italian but two of my favorite you know things to to have brought it brought over to the house so no i i think it's great to uh try new stuff and and we only have this Mm -hmm. one life so like why not try out after after you've gone through like the adult stuff like moving out and after you've graduated from school or if you don't graduate from school after you've um i already said moved out but like just you know you've, you've done all sorts of family thanksgivings that are traditional why not why not yeah. mix things up as you get older and uh because yeah, the most important sure. thing isn't that you get this certain type of bird but that you're all together still so your priorities right. your exactly. priorities change as each thanksgiving comes and passes i would say yeah gobble gobble but yeah man i I think without further ado, I'd love to jump into uh, another episode of The Mad Men's. Mm. Yeah, it's a great show, The Mad Men's. <laughs> we, 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 we've uh, moved away from Mad Men and we're now watching The Mad, <laughs> the Mad Men's. Men's. It's the same cast, <laughs> the same plot, but it's told in a very different way, ungrammatically. Yeah. It's a comedy. <laughs> it's, it's a comedy, but weirdly, Roger is the least funny character on the show in the comedy version of the show. He's the straight <laughs> He's man. He's the straight man. God, that would somehow make him even funnier. Like, you know, uh, Leslie Nielsen, he was one of my favorite comic actors because he was mm-hmm. so straight in his delivery. And I think John Slattery would that. be just as funny being the straight man in, in a sketch. He's just, he's a legend. But yeah. He's sure. Um, on to the Mad Men's. Here we go, folks. Let's go on the fucking carousel. Woo. We're back. Woo. Nostalgia. It's delicate. But potent. Sweetheart. So, man, um, season two, episode six, uh, titled Maiden mm-hmm. Form. Uh, this one, I believe, is directed by Phil Abram, or Abraham, I should say. Was written by Matthew Weiner himself, the big man. Uh-huh. Would you want to do a little bit of a summary of what we saw in this episode? Paul Kinsey gets his first big pitch, our our favorite character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peggy <laughs> is feeling left out because Paul Kinsey was brought on to help with an account that she was writing for. Mm-hmm. And she she's wondering how to get into the boys club, how to... Make sure she's not missing out on important stuff. Pete is uh, was opportunistic and got he got laid, my friend. It was uh, mm-hmm. very very not cool. Uh, I wanted to make sure I didn't say very cool, <laughs> very not cool. And um, Don he gets reminded of what a fraud he is at the uh, 
Country Club where Betty, him and the family are there for Memorial Day weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend. And um, mm-hmm. he finds out some unpleasant news about his reputation. And Duck mm-hmm. and Don, their relationship is like very fraught. And Roger notices and he orders them to make peace. And they kind of do. And then the last thing I would say is Duck, He uh, his family comes to visit, including the family dog. Or his dog Chauncey, and uh, <laughs> Chauncey. yeah, we will we will definitely talk about Chauncey in this episode. This is a, a very traumatic episode, I would say, and uh, it is in that way. Yeah, you're so totally yeah. Right. I mean, it's interesting that like when I read the synopsis, it didn't come back to me uh, until that line, mm-hmm. and then I went, "Oh no, this is that episode." I I remember Chauncey coming to visit and everything that happens there. Okay. I I remembered. Peggy going to the strip club uh, and making her big entrance as a beauty. And uh, I remember Don and Bobby because Don and Bobby is still going on even after everything that happened last week. It's fucking <sighs> yeah. fucked up. It just it came out of nowhere <laughs> for me. Like, yeah, same, same. In my, you, in my same. recollection of the series, I, I remembered last week the like act of God that got both of them to get off of this horrifying ride. That is so true if you really think about it in that scope. Like, it was really like an intervene uh, or an intervention of, of destiny. Like, let's break these two up immediately. <laughs> and let's, let's not have them kill someone despite the fact that they are driving drunk and distracted with one of them nibbling on the other's ear. Uh, in certain pieces of fiction, you can make the argument that there is a god and they are either a caring and benevolent God, or they are an uncaring or even um, resentful God or hateful or vengeful mm-hmm. God. And in yeah. the universe of Mad Men, it seems to me that it goes both ways, where sometimes the the universe feels random and chaotic, but then yeah. other times there are these moments of extreme happen happenstance and synchronicity, and it's like, Something mm-hmm. something is going on here, and of course the answer is it's written by Matthew God Weiner uh, and his team of God <laughs> writers. But there's other shows where you know the the God of the series is rooting against the main character, and I, I don't know. That's true, actually. But it's nice to make a note of that because that is we do kind of feel some of that energy in some of the episodes more so yeah. than others, and like kind of like happenstance and. It's things that like maybe lead to other breadcrumbs along the storyline. And then there's line there's stuff like that's that. so random that doesn't lead anywhere, and that's where it feels like real life. Yeah. And it's like, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, yep. That's the. But piece. yeah, did you did you remember this episode as you watched it uh, tonight? Not as much. I do remember. Um, I think the only piece that really stood out to me in this episode that I remembered was Peggy going to the strip club in her um, adult dress basically um she you know she came to show out and this is kind of like based off the conversation the 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 short conversation that she had with joan um peggy was kind of trying to pick joan's ear about why she's being left out of these things and you know joan just frankly is like i had never been in your position like i don't i don't know like you know i I don't have any information on why you'd be being left out but then she makes a great note I believe by saying like, you know, I tried to give you advice on, you know, presenting yourself a certain way and you and you haven't right. done it. You know what I mean? And and um and she just walks away and Peggy kinda takes that yeah. to heart and um 
I think it's a good note that Jones says, because to be honest, if you really think about the workplace and um, quote unquote professionalism, um, if you are in a position of, you know, importance, I think even even being how even being as young as Peggy is, you should still try to present yourself as such. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's the overarching idea of what Joan's basically trying to say. Obviously, hers comes out as like you're dressing like yeah. a kid and you need to dress more like a woman. Um, but the the underlying tone of that, I think, is like more professionalism, grown, I belong to be here, you know, I, I or I deserve to be here attitude and energy that you got to come yeah. with that. So. Yeah. How we dress... Yeah. I was just going to say how we dress does influence uh, how people see us, unfortunately, but that's that's yes. the society we live in. And um, it also impacts how we feel about ourselves. So Exactly. And so, like, I remember that um, I forgot that um, Don, like, actually tries to make a go of it with Bobby even more. Like I, like I said, like, I was kind of surprised Me by too. like when he went out to call her. That was, her. That was, was like, what, what the doing? hell? Yeah, I, I could not believe that, man. And it's... <sighs> I didn't remember that they were so, like, forgive the term because it's not exactly accurate, but lovey-dovey. Like, they were both, like, enjoying yeah. each other's company, which is the first time it's felt like they were enjoying each other's company. And as opposed to, like, let's go be bad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You, you know, Bobby, I think, is more leaned in that lovey-dovey space. And Don, he really, um, he, he really, some... He, this episode especially he's really on the back foot as far as like not defensive but you know he gets mad at her because he she she didn't say that she had like kids or something yeah that was weird i mean but it i it shows how little they know each other right right and i think don's trying to keep it like very i think he's trying to keep it very like business and what i mean by business is like sexual business and like that's all and bobby's kind of like really enjoying you know, Don's whole, you know, joie de vie sure. or whatever, and his whole, like, manliness and obviously his, se- his sexual prowess oh, yeah. is always a, a big plus for that's her. A nice, oh, yeah. so that's nice. Big Don. <laughs> that's Mr. Draper. Yeah, he's, he's doing a good job, man. That's what I hear anyway. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yep, that's, that's, that's basically what Bobby's, Bobby's yeah. saying. But um, uh, they run into a snag, man. That was a... He got so Dude, pissed. here's my opinion. <laughs> he got- uh-huh. So she's toying with him. I think she's toying with him in the first half of the episode. First half, yeah, okay. because that that reveal at the end just punches you in the gut, where it's like, oh shit. So this, f- for those of you who are somehow listening to this before you watch the episode, Don and Bobby were right. They were hooking up, and it's Bobby Barrett, not his son. Just to be even more clear, <laughs> um, that's awful. <laughs> Don, if you did that, we would immediately just stop watching the show. Just so you know, we'll never do that. I'll punch you if you say that again about my son. Okay. I'm sorry. No, I, I know. I'm sorry. So, I love my son. I, 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 know, I know. So, um, Don and Bobby Barrett are getting ready to hook up and Bobby's talking a lot. Um, and Don tells her one time and two times, stop talking. Shut up. Um <laughs> <laughs> and Bobby keeps talking and she she's basically saying, oh, I love the, you know, don't ever stop torturing me. Um, and she says the line and my blood ran cold uh, the first time watching this and this time especially. Um, Give me the full Don Draper treatment. Uh, it's better than everyone says. Ooh, and yeah. that is just, she kept oof. digging. She kept and digging. 
just and Don, you know, he he reacts with anger at her. He's Super fucking mad. pissed. Like he's he looks dangerous. Yeah, he's holding it. Yeah, he's holding yeah. it in, but like his face is like I'm gonna. I, kill him. I just don't. I don't think she's scared of him. I don't think she's intimidated by him, and no. that pisses him off a lot too. Yeah. Even more. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so instead of like having self reflection and going like I gotta change my fucking habits, that there are women, multiple women, which this is the confirmation we had talked about in season one. It seems like he's done this before, based on how he acts with Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He's an addict, man. He he does this. All over town, yep. and women are talking, and mm-hmm. it's it's like she got it. It's almost like Bobby got a tip. Like, hey, there's there's this company that um, you're you're going to Sterling Cooper. Oh, talk to Don Draper. You know, Ooh, like so. This this almost dirty. feels like premeditated, and that that <laughs> explains her behavior where she's being a bit more forward and and just going for it. Oh, you good know? point. And, and okay. she doesn't believe that he doesn't want this because he's he's always doing it you know which is the the slut shaming ideology uh yeah where if if you don't want this that's impossible because you're always having sex you know it's yeah we hear we hear yeah about you. so it's it makes this whole dalliance that they had even darker than i remember it yeah yeah, yeah. it's weird it's a it's a really weird relate I don't even want to call it a relationship. It's such a... It's yeah, a huge it's a, fake out because in the beginning of this episode, it seemed like it was like becoming a relationship. And I think Don was a little weirded out by that. And I think he's weirded out because he doesn't have those feelings for her at all. And he's wondering what she's doing. And uh, she she reveals what she's doing at the end. She's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think she was trying it out, man. I think she was trying out the whole like we're in a relationship thing because she's heard that he can make you feel like a he's almost like your boyfriend or something like isn't it interesting that knowing this they ran into rachel menken yes Ugh. i know and she says she says have fun working yeah. together and uh like, then rachel rachel's like meet me on the reddit later <laughs> <laughs> it turns out there's a don draper i have a couple of notes <laughs> don draper <laughs> subreddit uh oh my yeah. god disgusting. This is disgusting speaking of modern stuff we yeah, need to man. talk about this. This is a really weird thing that happens in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, did you notice anything about the opening number? Yeah, it was um, all the women getting dressed. Yes. But more than that, did you notice the song? I I did hear that it was like a new tune. I didn't hear lyrically what it was saying, though. So, it's a song from 2005 by the Decemberists called Infanta. Okay. How do you feel about them using a song from another decade? Great question. Because when question. I was a younger fella, I didn't really care. I was like, oh, yeah, it fits. Fits the scene good. Next, you know. Yeah. Uh, didn't really process it much. But as I sat here watching it now and, and after the episode was done, I just really, I I don't like it. I, I think it's a show-breaking moment. And it yeah. would be one thing if they had, like, established that every so often there would be a modern song. But mm-hmm. it... it it, they they usually pick songs that are period accurate. And so, that feels like a weird sort of Matthew Weiner fanfic moment where he's like, I'm going to put one of my favorite songs in the show. True, so, true. When you heard the song, it did have a little bit of a essence to it that I think they thought they, thought they could just like insert here. Like, nobody will. Because like me thinking about it now, like, I remember that it kind of had this bop that was kind of oh, sure. similar to stuff they've used, but... I couldn't tell if it was 
new or old because I wasn't really listening could hard be. enough. So maybe that was like the whole. Yeah, trip. it could be like a really remastered song from the '60s. You're thinking, um, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's kind of exactly what I was. Twangy, thinking. reverby guitars and bouncy beat. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a fun song. That's your music ear yeah. working. No, it's it's <laughs> it's not a bad song and it fits the the scene, but. It just feels a little weird. And then I, I, I looked weird. it up and um, he had considered using it for when Betty was shooting the uh, the birds in season one. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, so he really wanted this song to be in the show. <laughs> I was just going to say. He really wanted that yeah. song. Oh, man. I, I get it. And, and oh, I have a big fun fact about this episode we can get to later, but... Um, I okay. I will have to remember it, but it'll make you laugh when you when you hear for it. Sure. But yeah, uh, I got to be honest. Um, this episode for me, I was shocked by. I think it's very mid. I think it's a very mid Mad Men episode or a mid Men episode. <laughs> mid Men, yeah. How'd you, how you? How would you say I? Uh, I hit the nail there. I mean, yeah, I thought it was. You know this. I don't. I don't want to use that word. I hate. Because it sounds like so um, degrading to say, but it's, it's, a, it's a little fillery. A little, little, it has some filler-ish feels to it. I, I didn't hate the episode. Oh. I just thought that, you know, there's some cool things that happen within the episode. Exactly, yeah. But yeah, mid, and, uh, mid, there's a new way of mid and the old way. Mid used to mean like, oh, this is very like whatever. And now people use mid as like, this is like not it, like trash. Well, like I mean, that, I'm using which it. Which is not what Yeah, I'm, I'm using saying. it as in like middle of the pack. Like, yeah. Very and middle mid. of the pack for Mad Men is still like, I'm having a fun time watching. Right. It, so it's, it's all. Yeah, fun. listeners, we're only judging it based on Mad Men's uh, greatness, not your everyday right. show like this is not an everyday mid episode oh, show no. like this episode would be i don't know like somebody else's sh- show maybe this would be like a four or maybe something. this would end you know up I mean? on like, one of my favorite tv episodes of the year lists or something if it was another show right because um, right even this episode of Mad Men still has the beautiful uh beautiful shots the 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 costume design is still there yeah, really good. There's there's multiple iconic mm-hmm. scenes in this episode, which is more than most shows can yeah. hope for in a season. So <laughs> exactly, uh, but it's it's still I'm shocked that like the it's less than the sum of its parts in my opinion. Like an episode with Chauncey and what happens with Chauncey, and then it also has the Bobby Barrett reveal, um, and then it also has Pete just peeing around. Like it just should be better than how it feels to me and. I don't yeah. know if it's the there's some weird editing in this episode. I don't know if you noticed, but weird editing choices mm-hmm. like when Don's having a conversation with his buddy at that um country club, they make lots of quick cuts uh mid conversation and it just feels super choppy and yeah. kind of amateurish and Yeah, that whole country club scene was was kind of interestingly yeah. shot. I mean, I do like the costume design of, you know, I like seeing it's fun to see the characters obviously outside of their totally. general yeah, their general costume or whatever. Um so that's cool. But yeah, the country club scene is is an interesting shot sh- scene. Uh, Betty running into uh, I, I I don't <laughs> I should just dis I don't not to diss this guy because he's what is he did to me but I just call this guy the horse uh, the 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 horse riding guy yeah or what, I don't know his name but isn't it like Colin um, 
some sort of yeah, some Colin sort of boring yeah. white guy name. Yeah, <laughs> says Michael, Mister Colin. Yeah, yeah, Seth. <laughs> no, he was there, and um, Betty has a you know a kind of like an uncomfortably nervous conversation with him that ends up, I guess, turning around to be like okay. Yeah. When I think she does, she notice that Don sees him talking. Uh, she never notices. We we as the viewer okay, see Don noticed. watching, getting kind of pissed, and uh, you know, and then the kids running in. We see that you know he sees her kids and mm-hmm. gets kind of weirded out, which is funny because that's yeah. what happens with Don and uh, Bobby Barrett when he finds out she has kids. Yeah, the, the male reaction. reaction of finding out that your fuck conquest has children. <laughs> <laughs> not me of course but other men off-putting yeah. yeah really i know honestly i, I he, here 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 i i don't uh i don't i don't agree with this uh this weird off-putted children's thing it, <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> uh and that's that's another always sunny thing where frank finds out that his uh old high school sweetheart who he used to get really messed up with and do crazy sex mm-hmm. stuff with he finds oh, out right. she's had kids and, he, and he's like i think you're too old for me and she, she, she goes, Frank, we're the same age. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Ugh. That's what. <laughs> You've got kids and shit. Good old yeah, Frank. it's like, yeah, dude, you had kids too. Anyway. Yeah, man. I Yeah, country club scene is an interesting scene. As we said in college, let's be friends. What? This, this episode, <laughs> it's totally written by the wine dog because he, as we've talked about, some of the scenes with Betty and them especially have the strangest dialogue I've ever heard. And that is one of them where... <laughs> That's such a weird line. As we said in college, let's be friends. Huh? He seems to pretty be pretty good at like writing these like really nervous, co- like not nervous conversations, but these really like awkward predicament. He has a lot of awkward predicament. Epi- like with scenes. Betty, especially. Yeah, with Betty for I, sure. I, I don't know, man. There's we'll get into it as the show goes on, but there's certain writing habits that uh, they seem uniquely whiner, and they mostly happen during the Betty scenes. So. It's like the Betty scenes is like a form of therapy for his childhood because she's based on his mom, you know. So, oh, I yeah. didn't know that. So, holy sh! Oh, I didn't know that. That's a good. That's a yeah. Great tip. So, great tip. when you watch it now, you're gonna be like, "Oh, this guy's Freud. Page of Doctor Freud, man." <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's actually kind of cool. That's a cool note to know. I had no idea. Well, I guess I'll be watching in a certain yeah. lens. But it's it's still, still Betty. Betty. Still no. Yeah. Don't don't be like and Matt's mom. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> I thought it was your mom. Sorry. Um, you know the talk with um Duck and Don was interesting sure. talk. I liked it. I liked that scene. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, they they were kind of um at first a little. They were both a little. Well, actually, no. It's more like Don. There was a little bit of wall up there for a second, and then. Duck's kind of trying to be like, hey, man, I'm sorry. It was, you know, I'm the one that's looking bad. Like, I'm not here to, like, battle with you right yeah. now. Like, let's let's get past this piece and, you know, you're willing to do that. And and they, they had a shake. And then, like, at the end, when, when they do their um their Playtex demonstration. Demonstration um, makes me think that they were, like, wearing it. So, maybe pres- <laughs> presentation. <laughs> so, this is how it looks on me. Uh, it would look better on a... <laughs> On a female. He calls women females in this episode, I guess. Don, just like full chest hair, just like... So, uh, all the women in the office are out today, so uh, I just figured, you know, I'll wear it. Uh, thank you. That won't be necessary. Please, uh... That would be a great, a great offshoot of Don, just like completely comfortable, like... With- 
<laughs> I wear a brassiere sometimes. Yeah. No, I, 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 what I noticed about that scene is that like Don does get to have a moment where he's he's showing Duck what he thinks of him, which is like, you fucked up, and he he gets mm-hmm. to he gets to say like you are not doing things the way you should be, and Don has all the power in that scene. It's a really sad scene, and yeah. honestly, for the first time all season, I felt bad for Duck. Yeah, it's a little down bad. It's a scene that reveals that things are not going well for Duck in his transition in, yeah. uh, into mm-hmm. Sterling Cooper. And it's it's been 18 months. Like, that's not good. You know, I think, I think he also felt bad about... You know when you're... <laughs> they had a moment in the, in the room with Playtex where Playtex is like, Hey, you know, um, this is great, but, you know, we're, we're actually, we're actually comfortable just having everyone's money and not worrying about uh-huh. having to do a new pitch. And everyone kind of looks around at each other and duck and like, you could tell like it was another one of those moments where it's like, fuck, they, uh, they turned it down and maybe went against Don's better judgment of needing to do something because, you know, but Don, you know, reassured Duck and was like, man, you know, don't worry about it. We have yeah. it here, you know, so just in case if they ever want to come back and um, we'll have something for him. Like he didn't beat him up like you know, how Don would usually be kind of a little bit sharp and like cutting and be like, oh, we shouldn't have done this. Yeah. And if you listen to me, you know, so I, I thought I thought that was a good turnaround for their conversation that they had prior. Yeah, it's uh, more amicable. Uh, friendly um, yes or at least the illusion of like support um which sometimes exactly. that's what the office is about it was they who originally requested that they needed new work and then don fought sure. against it so don could right. have said i told you so again and i think you can see in don's face he's mm-hmm. mentally chalking it up as a win despite what um he's telling duck you know and, and that's yeah. fair i mean that's the alpha move we we chalk up our wins <laughs> so man are you a Marilyn or a Jackie? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think I really didn't like that uh, campaign idea. Uh, I think it's the most 60s, uncreative way to think about women and uh, how they should be talked about ever. Uh, this episode yeah. was very... There are certain Mad Men episodes that feel like more oh it's a hard time for women than other times and uh sure it it gets a little hackneyed a bit yeah and peggy called him on it when she was yeah there. yeah no i i there's so many different kinds of women besides thin and curvy or or brunette versus blonde blonde yeah and mm-hmm. i i love that peggy asks which one is she and nobody can even think of the answer like they're being sarcastic and proves yeah, their they're point. being sarcastic <laughs> But everyone, including Don, has a different answer. It's just, it shows how unimportant it is to be, like, representative of the non-majority. Um, although I don't really know the yeah. population figures of the 60s. Maybe there were more women than men. But my my point is, is like, sure. the cultural majority, it's mostly about, the, the ads are written for white guys, you know, straight white guys. Sure, Because sure. why would you yeah. think about the other small percentages of the population, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I thought it was literally weird that um, I, can't, I think it was Kinsey. One of the men in the in the office was like, "Well, no, the bra is not. It's not. It's for the men." Yeah, I didn't get I that. Really, that's a really weird phrase. <laughs> they want to see. Like, it's for the men. I, I think it's because the uh, the bra affects how how breasts look and shapes them in a yeah. different way than how 
they actually look it makes them look more sure like a movie star or something um, sure sure but it's a very weird line and it's so silly and that was i believe that was cause you know ken cause ken cause girl yeah, from accounts so <laughs> yeah man i uh i would say i am a um hmm i would say i'm a jackie because i i'm brunette <laughs> it's cute. It's cute. <laughs> Although I am pretty curvy. What about you? Are you? Are you? A, <laughs> I like that. I think I'm a little bit of both, man. What about you? This is a great way. We should yeah. ask guys this to help, like. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> to help. Uh, yes. Bring this. Bring the sexes together, man, and, and show that we're yeah, we're all equals. Man. All right. So, are you a Jackie or a Marilyn? I guess. I, I guess. I guess I'm in. I guess I'm in. The, <laughs> I guess I would be the male. All right. That's cool. That's cool, man. <laughs> I think it's great. I guess, yeah. I think there's a playfulness to Marilyn. I think that I, pos- that I possess. <laughs> this is how women would feel if they saw that ad campaign and someone asked them, "Are you a Marilyn?" And they're just like, "I don't fit either of those archetypes." Um, yeah, I guess I could force my yeah, myself into yeah, one. and you're just like, "I guess I'm a Marilyn." <laughs> That's funny, man. We gotta get our fans to uh, do a Photoshop of you. With the seven-year itch, where she's uh, above the air vent or whatever, and just like, oh, oh yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. good You know, <laughs> there there's some people online. I just checked the dad men hashtag, and they're pretty pissed off that now Hollywood is so woke that they're making a thirty-something-year-old black man uh, <laughs> the new Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> How dare you put him? A man of color in that position. Yeah, they're like, if it was Robert Pattinson, we'd be okay. But a man of color? Yeah, Yeah, man of color. What are you doing? His hair is not even uh, blonde, by the way. Yeah, there you go. His hair is not even straight. If his hair was blonde and straight, maybe we'd be okay with it. So, you'd be okay with it being a man and a black man. Yes. Yeah, I think, I think so. so. I don't know. This is actually sounding better the more that I think about it. I'm confused. I'm confused. I'm confused. <laughs> I got to go home and call my therapist. Oh, okay. It's cool you have a therapist, man. Oh, Good luck. Uh, what a great question, Jala. That was awesome. I, I, I'm going to decide that I'm the Jackie then because if you're the Marilyn, then I'm the Jackie. Yeah, okay. that's cute. That's cute. I, I like that we fit in. You know what's dope about that ad, though? That it was the same woman. I like that. That was really, that was dope. I was like, okay. So, I'm the biggest Pete fan of the podcast. I think we've we've established that. Uh, he was very funny in this episode. And I would say my Sterling's gold. Remember, Don, when God closes a door, he opens a dress. Uh, <laughs> it was when he was saying to Duck, um, maybe I'll bring one in about a dog in the office. <laughs> because he saw Chauncey and yeah. he's like making small talk with Duck. And he, he's saying he likes that there's a dog in the office, which is very modern, by the way. Can you? Yeah. Thank you. Modern Pete. He's saying, I like having a dog in the office. It makes us look more laid back for clients. Uh, and it's true. The clients mm-hmm. would be like, I love coming here. They have a dog. But uh, yep. Pete floats the idea. Maybe he'll bring a dog in. And Duck is like, oh, cool. You have a dog? What, what kind of dog do you have? And, and Pete says... <laughs> Oh, I was thinking of bringing one in for the office. And <laughs> I think the line only works with Duck's follow-up, which is... And he, he's like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid for a second? Like, in his face. And yep. he, he says, yep. I, I don't think that's a very good idea. <laughs> and then just <laughs> he's done with the conversation with Pete. He just leaves. It's it's so great. And it shows how awkward Pete oh, is. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I got to tell you, man. I did remember the Pete plot as well. 
but only for like how yeah. unmemorable it is. It, it goes absolutely nowhere. Like, yeah, you know, it's funny. Pete is all over this. I wrote down that Pete is all over. <laughs> He's this all over the episode, and yet uh, contributes nothing of much worth. It's, <laughs> no, it's, it's weird. As a Pete fan, I should be happy, and I'm just sitting on the couch going. What is this? What does this add up to? And he's <laughs> he's he's flirting with Peggy, kind of. He's he's. There's lots of scenes that I like with Pete's plot in this episode. Like his conversation yes. with Peggy is like genuinely sweet. He's like trying to catch up with her, and he's being friendly with her. And, yeah, um, it's cute. They are working on a pitch with Clearasil, and Peggy comes up with this awesome idea. Uh, by the way, a very forward-thinking idea to have like a narrative as the ad where. It's just about two people who used to have bad acne and they're they're about to go on a date mm-hmm. together. But the fact that they had bad acne doesn't define the ad. It's just you you hear that and then you care about these characters and the narrative. And um, exactly. Pete even apologizes for pitching the thanks Clearasil tagline that he thought of, which, you know, it's a hack line that any idiot could have come up with. Thanks, Clearasil. Um, <laughs> but... Peggy's chill. She she says you just got to keep the client happy, which is by the way, I find it very funny that she's very chill about it there. But um she's she's kind of being told the same thing by Freddie Rumson later when Paul Kinsey's pitching copy that she doesn't like, you know. It's Good it's point. funny. Yeah. It, there's uh, several yeah. moments like that in this episode where people are being uh the worm is turning for these characters. Yeah, true. Speaking of Pete, though, I, I did want to bring up a Sterling's Gold before we go uh, go on that involves Pete and the Clearasil thing, sure. actually. Um, oh, where fuck. He's, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's in there. He's in there with Peggy and um, they're like looking at photos of the girls like after their Clearasil yeah. um, treatment and like they're all cleared up, but they they look kind of like sad in, in the in, in the after photos. And, you know, Peggy's like, well, you know, I mean, she's a cheerleader. And then he goes, for who? The University of Dower? Good pick, man. I was cracking up like crazy at that one. University of Dower? <laughs> Fantastic. Great. great use of the word Dower. Yeah, he's well. he's got a good vocabulary. He can be pretty damn funny. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it. Yeah. I, I Like last week when he said he wouldn't want a kid watching this uh, Donnybrook, you know. That mm-hmm. was so great. <laughs> he, he's he's so fucking funny. That's half the reason why I love him is that even in his idiot moments, he's so funny. Yeah. He only had like one moment that I feel now I feel two ways about, which is kind of interesting, which is the scene that we mentioned where they're at the strip club at the end and she makes her appearance in the in the blue dress. Yeah. And, you know, she just he just kind of gives her that like. That annoying look where he's like, what are you doing? Like, Yeah, he's he's pissed at her for that. Yeah, and it's like, I get tired of Pete having that attitude with her, like, when she's trying to, like... So, a part of me under... A part of me is mad at Pete for, like, always trying to, like, put Peggy in this weird position where, like, he has to, like, wag his finger, like, his emotional finger at her almost, like, just to, you know, type, type of type of way... Um, but then like, I've got this new, this new thought about it and I'm thinking to myself, which is like more gracious to Pete, which is like, is he just mad that like, he thinks that she's not being herself and then he's like sour about that? Like, I, I read it that way too. Yeah. It's, it's, there's multiple I, ways I, to I don't know how it. to feel about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I think it's a multi-layered scene and it's, it's probably my favorite of the episode 
um, yeah. besides a big one. Um, he's not only is he doing the I don't like you like this t- sort of thing, but yeah. there's also something like this is beneath you. Like you're you're doing things the wrong way if sure. you're trying to get ahead by sitting on someone's lap and sure. um, flirting or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's, he probably feels multiple ways about her in that moment, but he's he's disappointed. And yeah. um, it also probably affects how he views her in terms of like, he seems to have this thing where he thinks she is like a goody two-shoes. And yeah. he, he, he even says to her, this could be like, feel like an insult to some people, but I didn't think he meant it like this. Mm-hmm. Um, where he had, had said, so the libraries are closed. What did you do for Memorial Day weekend? And it's like him trying to be playful, but also say that she's smart and nerdy, you know? Yeah. There's like a boyishness. I mean, you know, I mean, Pete's always in his boyishness. And I think he likes Peggy in her natural kind of like young, you know, innocent-ish. I think he thinks of her in that way. And uh, part of her is that way because of her upbringing and stuff. But obviously we know she has this other side that she taps into a lot in the office. And I don't think he likes that that part of her or whatever. No, he, he has an idealized version of her where she can save him. Like when she helped him with his uh, marriage problems in season one on the couch. Like right. I think he, he views her as like someone who he can come to and uh, feel better about himself. And he sees her as like a good person and good and smart yes. person. And right. when he sees her getting into the gray areas of working in the office, he's disappointed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I actually I think he was just trying to maintain eye contact because of her cleavage, you know. So <laughs> what we saw as him glaring was just yeah, he was actually just being a respectful king. So thanks, Pete. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, thank you, Peter. <laughs> Peter. Yeah, sorry, Peter. Um, the scene where Duck leaves Chauncey behind, I want to talk about that as a dog owner. Uh, mm-hmm. That's definitely part of the carousel for me. Um, for sure. But it's also a mental health conversation because. Um, well, first of all, I remember watching this scene, first time viewing the episode. Um, yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking, man. Like, that's like a nightmare to imagine leaving your dog behind like that. And yeah, just the way leave. he did it. The way he did it is very cold and evil. I mean, mm-hmm. it's an evil act to do. And yeah. a lot of people worry about Chauncey and I did too. Like, it's like, holy shit, you could get hit by a car. Oh, good um, point. Yeah. He could get very hurt. He... Mm-hmm. Might not find a family, but this may be a cope. But mm-hmm. I think he's in New York, in a yeah. busy part of New York. Mm-hmm. Traffic isn't moving that fast. True. Um, and also, someone sees a dog by itself and there's no like chips or anything. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to help that dog. They're going to put up signs. But I think Chauncey most likely found a family or or a guy or a woman, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, it. The, he's beautiful. He's beautiful. Yes. There's no way you miss that dog. There's no way. Yeah, and he's big enough where they're not going to like, like you said, miss him. They're going to yeah. not going to like, you know, someone's going to slam on the brakes if they see the dog in the street. For sure. Um, For sure. But that's just a cope, you know, because who knows what happens. We'll never see that dog again. Right. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. I know Chauncey <laughs> was an incredible character when he was on screen. <laughs> and his interactions with all the other characters were priceless. But... uh He's, I mean, he made flow. an impression on Pete. <laughs> yes. He thought, Pete thought he was a girl. He's like, wow, I'm feeling feelings for a dog I've never felt before. <laughs> I want you in the office all the time. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, maybe you could stop by my desk more often. 
What the fuck? Um, anyway, but as as a dog owner, you know, there's there's a rule amongst most dog owners, I think, whereas, like, if there's a horror movie, you want to make sure that the dog doesn't die in it. You know, you don't mm. want to watch a movie where a dog dies. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. we're very sensitive about animals, uh, pet owners. And this is a triggering scene. It's very tough to watch, but I think I've gotten through it now because of that that cope of mine. So, I wanted to share that with people. Um, yeah. No, that was, that was a fine. good note. The reason why um, Duck does it, I didn't notice this on the first watch. And mm-hmm. I don't remember rewatching this much, probably because mm-hmm. of that scene. Right. Uh, but... I think ultimately, and you can get into this more, but I think Duck is doing it because he sees the dog looking at him as he's about to relapse, and yeah, man, he doesn't he doesn't want the dog to see him like that because Chauncey, great dog actor. Although I read that they couldn't get the dog to do all the things they needed it to, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> he really looks like he's looking at him like. And this is anthropomorphizing of animals, but um, don't drink. Like no, he, I think there's a piece in that. I think I think yeah. they sense a. Um, I mean, this is me reaching a, a little bit, but I think dogs are seem to have a sense for the emotional state oh, yeah. of the owner, and so in that, I'm glad you brought up the drinking because I think it's the crux of why Duck makes that such rash decision with a dog that he loves because. Yeah. When you're in that throes of, you know, being like, you know, in recovery, it seems like, and fighting against the addiction of alcohol and things like that, the hold that the addiction has on you will make you act and do things that are completely out of character. Completely. So, um, that was a, that was really a consequence of the, uh, of the, of the danger of, uh, the way addiction works on the mind and make you yeah. do things that are just, you know, reprehensible for 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 a taste of the feeling and you know that yeah. that whole thing. So, yep, good point. So, I definitely have a fuller understanding of the scene now, and um, it's awful. It's a terrible thing that he did. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. It's un- it's kind of unforgivable for me, but like, I, I I guess saying it's evil, it's it's. Addiction makes you do awful things. Yeah. And it puts you in the box of evil doings, sadly. And you, you know, you have to face the consequences of those things you do when you're yeah. addicted to stuff. And yeah, um, I guess the consequence for Duck is he is definitely not in my favorite character's bracket. So he's out. Duck, he's you're out. out of there. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't in the running and it didn't look like he was going to make it. But he's, he is now officially banned from that. <laughs> he's banned. That bra- <laughs> he is banned. So. That duck won't hunt. To, uh, <laughs> by the way, is Chauncey a bird dog? Do you think he could bird? Because that could be kind of funny if he. Oh sh- yeah, yeah. He does v- look like one of those um, dogs that are kind of out there in the field. Yeah. I mean, he's so pretty at the um, that maybe like this was his look for like the office or like to be trotted around. Or, or, or his like, wife. His wife had the dog looking like that because he right. d- he does. Make a, mar- a reply that he smells like a girl, or a comment that he smells like a girl. So <laughs> yeah, I think the, the wife got him all gussied up. But um, I also think him ditching the dog is symbolic of him leaving his family behind. Like yes, he's, he's yes. going full tilt into not just his addiction, but also his work. Mm-hmm. He uh, he thinks he's lost. He's he's lost it by being in recovery, probably, and yeah, he's lost his cutting edge 
side of himself maybe like yeah. that's just the vibe i get by his face and by the way he's working with don now um yeah i, th- I think i think that's a good point that you make about i think that. the implication is that he drank that night i think that's you know pretty clear yeah yeah it seems like he was on a you know that that look when he's walking away fastly from chauncey back upstairs was a look of determination man determination and single-mindedness and nothing will stop me now and yes he he does not he this gives me chills but he doesn't even turn around nope he just straight and chauncey's face oh man i'm gonna cry if i start thinking about it too much but man chauncey's face is just like oh well it's like i guess i'm out here yeah uh, it's interesting man yeah it's pretty bad but yeah, so sad. D- duck, duck, um, duck seems to be somewhat, you know, in the throes of it. Somewhat in the yeah. throes of it, it seems. I mean, not all well, the way, but we you know we're we're starting to show signs. Yeah, it's as someone who struggled with who, who struggled with addiction in different forms. Mm-hmm. When you've had a bad, bad day, mm-hmm. oh, keep your friends and your support system close. Like, yeah. be pre- try to be preventative as possible because yeah. Like it can knock you back, and it can set you on a course for relapse so hard. And that's just—it's important for us to check on the people we love. And mm-hmm. um, I think Duck is lonely. He, he doesn't have—he really is many people he can he can check on um, or check with if he's doing poorly. It doesn't yeah. seem like it. Yeah, he, yeah. He just he he surrounds himself with work, and he's also so like. I mean, look at what he did to Pete. Like, that's a good point. He he is so single minded about career stuff, mm-hmm. and then his his life is falling apart. Like his he's so clearly not over his wife. And right. when the kids bring up that she's getting, she's probably going to get married to that guy. He's just like, oh yeah, yeah. And he's he's pretending to be consoling them, but it's it's clear that it fucked him up. You know? Yeah, yeah. And <sighs> uh, it, it's it's difficult for ducks. So. We're gonna keep an eye on him, man. Um, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this character kind of um, evolves, yeah, or devolves. You know, one or the other. Yeah, yeah. At least he has a friend, and well, not a friend, but a, a, a casual allyship with Don right now, where they're they're trying to make it work. Yeah, so. yeah. And then he's reached out. You know, he's reached out to Don, and kind of want to make wants to make that clear. So I think um, I think hopefully they can they can push forward. Um, in somewhat of a harmony. I mean, it's work. I mean, you got to kind of have some type of, you know, you have to get along with the people you work with. Yeah. You can't, an office can't run with people who hate each other, you know? Yeah. No. And, and can't done. cooperate. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I would like to get into the, uh, Pete and that, uh, Playtex model in the relationship nuke. Yes. Um, Let's jump into your nook, man. Well, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hey. Listen, oh. I'm going to tell you the same thing I tell <laughs> people on the dating apps when they're getting too forward. Take it yeah. slower. Take it slower. Because uh, <laughs> like I'm not a piece of meat. And That's fair. That's fair. We, I should we have jumped in your nook so quickly. Yeah. Help. <coughs> hey. What the hell? <laughs> Marilyn. Uh, See, I so, told you. Uh, Marilyn, come on. Uh, so, I would give this episode 3.25 Manhattans yeah. out of five. <laughs> That's what I gave it. Three point twenty. Oh, sweet, nice, dude. That's We're back. Weird. <laughs> you know what's funny is we have been back on the uh, dad men train. True, true. Uh, for the past week, past two weeks. Yeah, yeah man. 
So it's it's a good sign. Yeah. It's a good sign. You know, when Jackie and Marilyn hang out together for too long, sometimes their uh, ratings sync up. Yes. That's, a, that's a myth. I've heard that's a myth, by the way, uh, that women... Let's change the subject. Oh, yes. I follow. I follow. <laughs> let's change the subject. Because, uh, you know, I, I don't know anything about women. So, let's change the subject. I'm we a, know not what we speak. We know not. What, <laughs> forgive us, Lord, for we know not what we speak. And God is a woman. So. Thank you, um, Colin Hanks. Oh, God. Colin Hanks. Yeah. He was not He was not in this episode, but he would not have liked Peggy at the bar either. He, would, he should have just popped up right next to Pete and just been like, just, just finger wag. Um, all right. Let's uh, now, anyone who has earned my trust, mm-hmm. you may join us in my relationship nook in pied de terre. All right. I will take off my shoes. I thought you were going to say something else. I'll take off <laughs> I'll my take off I was my like, pants. what the fuck? Yeah. Okay, dude. Seriously. Enough is enough. Um, <laughs> enough is enough. Enough is enough. I, I, can, I can replace you. I can replace okay, you with. Chauncey, because he's he's yeah. looking for somewhere to go. So, Come here, Chauncey. Come here, Chauncey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, while we're in your nook, yes. What would you like to? Uh, what would you like to bring to the congregation? So the I would like to say that um, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in Peter. Um, oh, this is uh, I I remember this affair because it's kind of awkward and. Uh, I remember feeling really awkward for Pete that he like was hooking up with this woman who lived with her mom and was kind of intruding on this space that another person lives in. And basically, he just he felt so uncomfortable. And so, I remember watching this while I was in college and just like, God, that is so fucking awkward. And yeah, what I neglected to notice, this is sort of a implicit like quid pro quo where mm-hmm. he tells the girl in the elevator – um, so it's a beautiful blonde woman he he gets on the yeah. elevator with at Sterling Cooper and um he he asks her why were you at Sterling Cooper and she says that she just was in the Playtex auditions. So you know, she's a model and yep. uh she was comfortable uh doing a photo shoot and like I'm sure it's the 60s and it's for a a brazier campaign. Yeah. So I'm sure they asked her to take off her shirt and like get undressed anyway my right. point is 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 that pete my my dog who i i usually love he's like i see an opportunity here so he not only when when she asks what his name is well first of all he's implying that he's like a big deal there and earlier in the episode he had mentioned that he's a big deal and his absence would be felt at the company if he took a vacation which like i don't know if that's true no uh, he's trying to he's trying to hype himself up with that comment with his big bro yeah um yeah <clears throat> but he's he's saying uh, stuff like he can check with them how the audition went, right? And he's he's basically saying he's he's trying to show off his his BDE his big dick energy. And <laughs> when she asks his name, um, he gives her his business card so she can see he's an account executive. Smooth move. Yeah. So then she says, "Oh," and uh, the. Editing on this part was really interesting in that it just shows them walking off the elevator and then they're just back at her place. And yeah. they mentioned Scotch, so I don't know if they stopped at a bar or something or if uh, Pete has a backup Scotch in his uh, jacket. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm trying to um, remember if he like took a drink before he left, but I can't, I don't recall. Yeah. He might have. Uh, but yeah, they're back at her place and he, they're smooching. 
And uh, I don't know, man. That's just really gross. That's that's so gross to be like to imply that you can like. I think her hope is that like if she sleeps with Pete, she has a better chance in the audition. That that's oh. how I view the scene. Um, okay, because there's a reason why he gives her his business card, and there's a reason why he's acting like he's a big part of the process, and mm, you know he's he's buttering undertones. buttering her up, and yeah. she she sees account executive. She doesn't know how this all works. Right, of course not. So, <clears throat> I, I think it's a quid pro quo. Uh, but in the '60s, that wasn't really like established legal language, and um, Pete basically was just—he didn't promise her anything, so he's in the clear there. But ethically, he did make her think that this could help. So yeah, and I think they gross. kind of were. Yeah, I think they were kind of feeling each other, I guess, a little bit based yeah. on kind of his power and you know her position. Yeah, the power and, dynamic. Yeah. yeah, and I think. You know, he he's buttering her up and stuff. I mean, she was beautiful. I, I'm not I'm not gonna say buttering up like she oh, was no. like some ugly. You duck can still or something. you can still butter someone up if you if they are good at what they do. It's, it's yeah, just, exactly. It's an act of uh, you know, uh, it's a positive act for mm-hmm. some sort of thing you want from from them. Yeah, doesn't, exactly. Doesn't mean it's not true. And I believe this might be the first time. We saw Pete kind of um, act out in this way that wasn't Peggy. It's a good point. It's a very good point. He, we've never seen him strike strike big. Yeah. No, he's, usually, he's always kind of like trying to force his, not force his way, but like when he's in positions where he's like around like women that are like there to like, I don't know, be around. Um, he's he's trying him. to, yeah, he's like, you know, kind of like trying to work his quote-unquote magic and it never usually works his method like too, is a little too aggressive yeah thank you exactly way too aggressive but this worked it, that was kind of weird to see it was it was a weird like okay pete but then it was like eh. bro the, the, the you know the issue <clears throat> i mean obviously the fact the, the issue trudy man why why would he, you do he, this to trudy she's so fire i mean you you shouldn't do it to any partner you have obviously of course not but it's it's a good point like it doesn't matter if you're married to the most beautiful intelligent person in the world um if you have a severe character defect and you're left you know hungry for praise or hungry for attention or hungry for sex you'll you'll cheat on anyone uh so yeah uh it's a bummer so i i just am, i'm sad with pete and then i'm also frustrated with don that when being confronted with this information from bobby Instead of being like, I have to go. This is extremely upsetting. Like, I'm I'm pissed. I don't want to do this anymore. He he gets angry at her and accuses her of being nothing like him. And he ties what her. What does to that a even bed. mean? Well, I think he's just saying that she's uh and forgive my language, but a yeah. whore. Like you know, he, sure. He, he's saying she is a whore, and <laughs> and he is. I don't know what he thinks he is. Someone that's who's what I'm thinking. Unhappy. Like, what does he think he is? Right, exactly. <laughs> he, he thinks he's special. Um, sure, he's a he's a hypocrite, and uh, yeah, he. But he's like, I, I'm nothing like you, and it's like, right, it's like, okay, you, Don, you kind of are. <laughs> right. <it's laughs> I mean, a, that's what I'm like. All right. Yeah, but I think he he hasn't he has different ways of doing business, and they've right. gone over that, and so I think he's talking about that too. Um, right. He he doesn't respect Bobby. He doesn't respect her. He doesn't like her, um, and. He called her because he, I think he got kind of, 
it was during that country club scene and it was after he had felt like a fraud for standing up mm-hmm. during the uh the tribute to our soldiers you remember yeah yeah yeah, yeah you're right you so awkward the, about that yeah. yeah the baby brain take would be that he saw the fashion show with the ladies in bikinis and got horny and called her but <laughs> i i think it was more about he was out with his family feeling just like he didn't belong and he's like i gotta escape and i know a lady who has a hotel room and we could be alone in there and i i'll be i'll escape and then get to have some uh some fun (laughs) if Um, i didn't know any better he has these reactions sometimes that feel very panic attacky without actually looking like he's having a panic attack good point yeah yeah it's really weird like he'll just like well he has a lot of like fight or flight like moments and he like flees a lot yeah, he he's a flight guy. He's not a fight yeah. guy. No, um, definitely not a fight guy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point, Mike. Yeah, no, he he. I think that's what caused it. And yeah, he was like, "Who's the most recent person that I've done stuff with?" And yeah, he he called her. Lance on Bobby. Lance on Bobby. That's right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, if you're listening to this show, don't do what Pete and Don did in this episode. It's not right. You also cannot run from your problems with sex. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know about that. that. I don't know about that. I mean, it depends on uh, if uh, the person you see is really hot. Yeah, man. If she's the hotter hot. she is, <laughs> the further away your problems are. Exactly, exactly. And as, as she becomes, you know, you get used to the person and they are less hot because familiarity makes someone less hot. <laughs> then your problems sort of, they grow bigger and you're like, shit, got to find someone even hotter. <laughs> that's Don's curse. Is uh, it's like I'm running out of hot ladies. Uh, <laughs> running out of hot <laughs> lady. I'm running out of hot. Um, by the way, he did know Lisa from Random House when she brought up Lisa from Random House. Don's oh, John Hamm's acting was so great. Where he's go, he goes, oh god. Uh, he remembers. I guarantee you, man. He remembers every single affair he's ever had. Uh, because when you lie, you remember every lie you've ever told. It's, right, and being awful. in that in that flight mode, it's in that it's in that really um, a lot of that those memory pieces really have to stick because yeah. of that whole intensity of the moment and the, those things you definitely hold on to. Of course, yeah, of course he knew. I mean, yeah. John John Ham facial facial acting is, you know, I always thought I thought being an actor is really cool, but I I don't. I can't. I don't know if I could pull off like the facial expressions. Like I, I don't have. I don't think I have a very expressive face. Like I, you I can't do it. You'd have to be in the character's mind. Like it's not just like okay, the script says I have to look sad. I'll look sad. No, he <laughs> he literally inhabits this character, and I think he lives in that scene. Like yes, it's hard to explain because I'm not. No, an actor. that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense though. But uh, I shout outs to. Um, Bobby's actor too because she did a great job in this episode I thought oh yeah um, she was great yeah it's I wish I had lo- loved the episode because this was a really interesting exploration of Bobby um Bobby Bear yeah yeah but at the same time it almost feels a little different than the character we saw last week uh with Peggy that seemed to explore the character in a different direction than than this one did so yeah I, mm, yeah I guess yeah it's it's very like. The acting was th- good. Yes, the acting was good. I think some of the beats that happened in the episode was, you know, par for the course. Um, but 
had some, you know, some fun, some fun stuff in there, you know, and, um, but it just, um, you know, it was good. Like solid good. Oh, um, and one final note, uh, mm-hmm. cause I almost forgot this. Um, Don, his conversation with Betty sucks. I was so pissed at him. Oh, thank you. Thank you for yeah. bringing that up. I meant to, I meant to mention that as well. We can, um, I we guess can I'll talk bring about it up that during and, Father Corner. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, that pissed me off, man. And I yeah. remember watching that as a kiddo, uh, not a kiddo, but as a teenager in college mm-hmm. and, uh, sucks. I hate yeah. when he is super hard on Betty for like his own impurity, but he, he treats her as right. if she is the impure one. Yeah, yeah. A lot um, of that force back stuff, but yeah. yeah. Um I think that's about it for my relationship nook and pied de I think we can head into a good old dad break. Diggity diggity dad break. The dad break. sorry, the dad tron just broke. Let's ignore that. Oh shoot, shoot. It's on the fritz. So yeah, let's um, let's talk about this weird world. I don't know if you've been hearing like people's experiences about this stuff, but you know, I listen to a lot of different podcasts and uh, just a lot of talk. And people, um, I've just been hearing a lot about people, kind of you know, famous people and whatnot, dabbling in these um, these I guess hallucinogens like like huh. DMT or the toad or whatever. Like or um, the other one is. Um, um ayahuasca um which is like the lighter version of those those two i would say right and um people having like these really weird kind of like self-affirming experiences within the trip and like coming out on the other side of it you know maybe even months later feeling a lot better from like an emotional health standpoint because of it which is so interesting. Um, and then other people having experiences such as like feeling the presence of God and, and you know, that whole space and kind of like having like a quote unquote religious experience while on these, um, on, on these, uh, on these psychedelics, you know, to the point where like it's different people that are kind of talking about experiences that have very similar sounding effects. So it's like people saying, you know, I was an atheist and da 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 da, and then, you know, I I went to you know a friend, uh, someone was telling me about this medicine, like you know I may have like I have some like things that I want to work through or whatever the case, and so I take it, and then I you know I I I have this like. I am very small, like experience and the presence sure. of like a stronger power, like with them and, you know, them being like able to kind of see some of their flaws or whatever the case and being wiped clean and all this stuff, like having to go through the fire almost, you know, it's in people's experience. And I just think it's so incredible and scary as shit, like what the what the uh, drug is able to do for people, not only from like a, just like a trippy standpoint, but the amount of like healing that comes on the back end of it. But it's a lot of, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a, it's a risky, it's risk in the sense of like the experience. You don't know what you're going to have until it comes, you know, until, until you have it. And you really have to go through that whole experience to end up on the other side of like goodness or not even goodness, but like, improvement um 
Have you heard of anybody kind of speaking about um, or any heard any experience about people kind of using or like having these type of experiences with, I guess, drugs in general? But I think it's more of the hallucinogens that I hear this about. Yeah, I mean, I've only heard little bits here and there. I'd, I'd heard some podcast hosts that I liked had used mushrooms and they they liked yeah, mushrooms. mushrooms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like hallucinogens, are, you had mentioned the toad or um, would acid be considered one of them? Yeah, I guess acid would be in that same, same bucket as well as like yeah. ayahuasca and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not super up to date on this stuff, but... Um, you know, I, uh, for me, it's, it's in the scary camp because it is very, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't want to sound closed off to an experience uh, sure. because life is experiences and stuff, but like that, that stuff, the concept of ego death and thank you, ego the death, concept yep. of, uh, a lot of this stuff, it feels, feels like it's, it should be very careful. Carefully done yes. Uh, yes. and carefully considered before doing yep. it. Um, yep. And I, as someone who has had my own like brain shattering moments without drugs, I'm not sure I I, I want to pursue this. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And with acid, I saw that like it is actually pretty damn dangerous. Uh, people oh, yeah. like people talk about it as if it's like pretty chill. Um, <laughs> but like if you do it one too many times, you you will like stop production of a key um and like brain chemi- brain chemical all i know is that i had been offered it and i turned it down because of that like i'm I'm just like this seems way too much risk for admittedly what sounds like a fun time but the risk man <laughs> uh, yeah and it, and it can even not be a fun time i know that's the other thing too. that's that's part of the risk is like there are people who take trips that like last way longer than they're supposed to, or they're they can pinpoint that and say that was before I had uh, voices. You know, uh, mm. that, that was before my brain got completely fucked up. And uh, these experiences, a lot of them are from decades ago. So yeah. you know, I uh, it, they, the drugs could have gotten safer now, but I yeah. I have no people doing like different things that are like similar to the acid, but like much more like controlled. And here's my crazy take: (laughs) I would I would like for drugs to be legalized. I know that sounds radicalized, but um, I'm actually with you. Yeah, I I feel like the sooner we can legalize everything, Mm -hmm. the sooner we can stop the fucking fentanyl shit from hitting the street. Because yeah, what's happening is it's an unregulated space because it's illegal, <laughs> yeah. And these are these are things that are addictive and can harm lives, but so can alcohol, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah. can the so can the chemicals in our fruit our food. So yep. why the fuck not have these companies that go okay? Just so you know, put a warning label. Just so you know, this heroin is really d- dangerous, but it doesn't have fentanyl in it. And they can regulate how much shit is in the the heroin. I I don't know, man. Yeah, my, the, the my, fentanyl piece is really bad. I mean, and, and let's regulate so that like you get Narcan with this stuff too. You know, I mean. Oh right. I I don't know. I I I'm not an expert. Not smart when it comes to drugs. Um, the conservatives listening would say this guy wants to legalize drugs. With the but my point is like, <laughs> if it's legalized, there's more oversight and there's less of a chance of someone you love dying because they wanted to try weed for the first time and there was chemicals in it that no 
no way would that have gotten there if it was a an industry, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, I, I think the war on drugs is like one of the most evil fucked up things that Reagan started. Uh, Ugh, horrible. I, I fucking hate Ronald Reagan and what he accomplished with the war on drugs, which is nothing. And yeah. It's no, it's exactly. it's mostly about trying to control a certain population uh, and a certain financial group. Um, financial yeah. group, I mean, a financial demographic, like you know, inner city yeah. poor people, um, right? Of co- mostly of color, where it's like it's a zero. They say it's a zero tolerance policy mm-hmm. if you're found with drugs. This is in the eighties. They right. said it would be zero tolerance, but they found tolerance for the white perpetrators. Right, uh, <laughs> right. But the zero tolerance—that's that—that stuck for the, uh, you know, black people and the indigenous people and the yeah and any people of Spanish. color. It's like a zero <laughs> zero tolerance there. But then they see a white guy and they're like, "Huh?" Slap <laughs> this, on the wrist. <laughs> this guy. This guy could have been a great swimmer. Yeah. If we, if, you, don't if know, we, you don't know what his life was going to uh, be if he wouldn't yeah. dabbled let's in give, these. Uh, let's drugs. give him another chance. And I bet. <laughs> well, anyway, sorry. My point is that. It's just not for me, but I, I'm not like an anti-drug person. I just, I don't no, want. No, clearly. I don't want to do drugs. Uh, yeah. I think it's too. For, so, the experience that I was listening about most recently, this comedian um, took um, some like really, it was even being listed as like a very hardcore version of like a DMT trip and for whatever against his better judgment he took it and he had like a trip that lasted that that initially was a 20 minute trip which is fine which is you know like you know regularish you know regularish long but then there's these things you can have called like flashbacks oh where where like it re-triggers Eesh. and like 2 weeks after that he had um it re-trigger back up again and like he was in this weird in-between dude and then and then that lasted for seven months oh like yeah it was yeah it was really bad but like after that and it went away (laughs) he's like he's like you know what's funny though like everything like all my emotional like all that stuff is like everything is much better like and he's like but he's like, but if you were to ask me, knowing that I would be better on the other side, he's like, if you were to ask me to do it again, he's like, I would not do it again <laughs> because it's oh. just too, too fucking crazy, like not worth it. Like, even though he's better, he's like much better and all like, you know, he's like saying that people said like, you, you seem lighter. Like, and he's yeah. like, yeah, I am lighter. Like, <laughs> he's like, but what I had to do to get to that point was like, it was too much. And, but again, this was like an extreme version of like, it was hardcore, like DMT that he took that was supposed to be like a really like heavy, like, and, and then like, if you go down the ladder of like, I guess like hallucinogens, like there's like much normal, controllable, like even, um, like the, the ayahuasca and like something else, um, that they use, um, like doctors, like are starting to use for like treatments for, um, um, not schizophrenia, but I think actually it is schizophrenia and like another mental disorder that huh. like helps with the brain chemistry with, you know, done in small doses with a doctor. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, it was really it was really trippy to hear about his experience and like huh. 
I totally could I could see like it's crazy because you would think like if you come on if you come out on the other side feeling better you'd be like okay so that would be like a cosine right and he's like no not really no no <laughs> not I, that I, route not that route I I get it I mean yeah I've I've heard that if you have a traumatic experience and come out the other side you still don't want to redo a traumatic thing you know like yeah <laughs> um makes it kind of sketchy and, and i think the route that he took about it was like he shouldn't have went that deep like yeah. he shouldn't have gone that that high up as far as like to get to that place um and i guess he like you know it, it's like one of those give and take type of things and i just think that i, I but, but i think the most interesting thing about the experience that I've heard is just like the um, people kind of feeling like a religious, uh, like a God presence. And I think that's kind of a cool, um, like the, the world isn't surround, isn't about just me type of thing. And it kind of opens up your sure. brain to being like, you know, things are bigger and, and, and you can like, you know, trust and understand that things will, you know, will come and go and pass and things like that. And you don't have to feel like you have to be in control of all of it at once. And sure. I, I like that space, but, um, but yeah, man, it's, it's interesting. People have, I've been hearing it more in the, in the, in the, in conversation and kind of hearing people's experiences kind of been, been interesting. very eye opening. Yeah. Eye opening and interesting. So, well, not to sound like an atheist guy, but mm -hmm. A lot of the things where they're saying like, oh, I, I'm religious now and stuff and I've seen proof of heaven or I've seen proof of this brain uh, chemical hallucinations, you know, brain brain chemical induced hallucinations are very powerful. And oh, yeah. They oh, can yeah. convince you of a lot of stuff, including that something is there when it's not. So Of course. Of I, course. Our brains are very powerful. <laughs> so, like, I, I would never, like, interrupt someone telling their story and be like, um, actually. Uh, <laughs> but when I hear that stuff, I'm a little bit more like, yeah, of course. I'm sure I'm sure you did see that. That's that's yeah. cool. Like, yeah. But, like, I, I, I'm a little because bit more Because I think more it's of more of a feeling. Yeah, I, th I think it's more of a feeling than anything else. I think if it helps you feel better. I, I guess I'm more of the... Uh, the atheist with a fedora. <laughs> with a fedora. <laughs> you got to make sure you have the fedora and then you can tip the fedora as you say, um, actually, your lived experience, it means nothing to me. <laughs> it is invalid. And <laughs> um, not valid. Yeah, actually brain chemicals. So, uh, next. Explosions and such. <laughs> um, next post, please. And then he, <laughs> next post. Let me go to the next like thread it. on Reddit and uh, downvote yeah. you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just had an experience that makes you. me believe in heaven. Mm, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Down man. Vote. Down vote. Uh, <laughs> Any hoots. Well, that's that's oh, cool, man. man. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely, you know, I think if I if I make it up there in the in the years, uh, mm -hmm. and I have a, a good 401k going, and I have a a good health plan, maybe mm -hmm. I. If, if, I've, if I've got nothing else going on, I might as well try one of those little things. And of course, yeah. the, only the legal ones, NSA exactly. agent who's listening to this. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. And when I'm when the I'm president, um, <laughs> because obviously I can be president. It's not like I have hours of podcast audio that has compromising audio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I I will be a great president, and I will say uh, drugs are good now they're legal <laughs> and everyone's okay. gonna cheer <laughs> we're okay the war on drugs <laughs> has been won 
by us. No, my I'll be echoing. My audio will be echoing a ton as I stand at the podium. You know, the war <laughs> on drugs, 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 drugs is over. It's over, over, over. And then the banner behind me goes, "Mission accomplished." Drops down behind <laughs> you. Mission accomplished. We have tamed the drugs, and they are now our. Uh, they're now our friends. They're here. They're here to stay. <laughs> they're our friends. You know the scene in Jurassic World where Chris Pratt. Uh, holds his hand out and the dinosaur listens to him and is his friend. And everyone, everyone in the audience is just waiting for my next words. That's the drugs now. Audience check. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, sounds like idiocracy a little bit. Woo, yeah, yeah. That's we live in idiocracy. I mean, it's a it's a meme. I mean, it's a boring statement to be like the movie idiocracy. That's what life is like now. But it's it's boring because it's true. Like everyone, yeah, everyone says it's like, it. Everyone understands what's going on. <laughs> yeah, except for the. Idiocracy-ers. Yes. The Except for the idiocs. The, uh, <laughs> the idiocs. <laughs> good. All right. Anyway. Um, yeah, but that was a interesting. I did not expect a DMT, a dad men time uh, Dad men time trip. Yeah. <laughs> no, the fatherhood corner, honestly, it's... um, We just have to talk about Don and his double standard that he has for Betty. And we, we've noticed this... You know, as the show has gone on, but Don will have these moments where, um, as a husband, he, I think he wants to, he knows that his wife is an attractive woman, Mm -hmm. obviously, since he knows that, but he doesn't like treat her like, he doesn't always treat her like the number one prize, especially when he's like out and about, like sleeping with, you know, other women and things of that nature. (laughs) Yeah. But but then as soon as someone shows any rhythm to Betty or like not even rhythm but like uh, uh, acknowledges her beauty even yep or if she wants to kind of like show off like you know I think it's also really important as a mom too like to have that have that space to have your solo energy like I want to look good feel good type of vibe and. And Don, like he doesn't, he doesn't allow her that space, which I think is super obnoxious. Like, yeah, him getting mad at her because, you know, she's wearing a, she's wearing like a really beautiful sw- uh, swimsuit that she bought from the the auction that he left, by the way. Yeah, that he ran True. from, and um, and then gets pissed about her about wearing. He's like, oh, he's too revealing, and you know, there's gonna be young men there at the pool if that's where you're going and blah, 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 Ogling. blah. And like, just making him feel bad. Making her feel bad, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. He does not make her feel desired or attractive. Um, right. Does not even attempt to most of the time. And no, he really doesn't. Meanwhile, <laughs> if you really look at his actions, he really, yeah. he's never really done it. Meanwhile, she's she's a beautiful person. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, mo- she looks like a model because yeah. she was one. <laughs> But, she was exactly. <laughs> but anyone with eyes can see that Betty is gorgeous. Um, yeah. Don takes that for granted and just treats her as like a roommate a lot of the time. Yeah. And a co-parent. Uh, and she, it's like when he sees how beautiful she is, he gets threatened or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's his prize at home. He he has a perfect little family diorama set and she right. is the mom. And He's got two kids and there's lots of shots in the show where it just zooms out and shows the 
the fakeness of his existence or how how fake he thinks it is like yeah. including in the pilot where he's holding the kids heads um he's he has his hands on their heads while they're sleeping and he's just looking out like this is exactly what i'm supposed to be doing this is the uh this is the routine you know prototypical um, life of a a, a a very uh successful of an affl- affluent, man. Yeah, affluent yeah affluent handsome man mm-hmm. um so yeah i totally agree with you i uh i i'm annoyed at him like making her feel bad and saying that it's desperate to be wearing a swimsuit why because she's a mom it's just like yeah i just i don't like the energy i just don't yeah i don't enjoy so my whole my whole energy about like how i feel about like women like wanting to kind of you know feel free and comfortable in their own skin like yeah I'm all for it. Like I, 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 I just don't understand the insecure. It's really just insecurity and like, like feeling like not embarrassed, but just like I, I just I think it's a very fragile, um, a very fragile thought process to be like, don't go out in this and that, and like you're gonna bring attention to yourself. Like I think you should value the fact that you are a partner with somebody who's also attractive. And yeah. also that people who also found find your partner attractive because, you know, you're with them. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. it's good to have, like, representation that way. And I just think that being, you know, being, like, insecure about the whole thing is kind of, it's a tiss, tiss the Don. And, you know, it, this is not, this is not, like, an abnormal thing. Like, he, he does this every once in a while where he'll kind of just kind of poo-poo what Betty is doing. When she's like, I don't, I don't think anything she's doing is like super like disciplined or like scorned, you know, because of yeah. So hundred percent. No, he he. Sometimes when she is feeling really good about herself, he knocks her down a peg or two. Right. I hate that. That's not that like like that's so anti like my whole like energy. Yeah, me too. So yeah, so it just like bugs me like when I (laughs) when I see it happening. So especially when Don Don's doing it, but yeah, so like. He's treating her a certain way, even though he's, you know, he's known as the slut in town, Don. Yeah. So look at your <laughs> reputation, by the way. Yeah. I know. That's, <laughs> so, that's crazy. I, I would love to hear more of those characters and they're talking about Don. Like, Oh, yes. Me too. When she I said that, I was like, what are people money. saying? Yeah. <laughs> I would pay a ton of money to hear those talks. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, he's, he's frigid about it, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I would let you know this fun fact about the episode as we're getting near the end. Yeah, man. Let's hear it. In 2015, in an mm-hmm. interview with Variety, or a Q&A on the Variety website, I believe is what it was, um, mm-hmm. when he was asked what his favorite episode of Mad Men was, Matthew Weiner said, made in form, probably. Wow. Mm-hmm. Didn't elaborate. Did he explain why? Oh, no. he didn't elaborate. No. He just said, no. made in form, probably. Uh, the whole series? Yeah. Not season two, the whole series. It was because 2015 is the year it ended, so they were doing a, you know, little promotion for the series ending. Hmm, that's a. What do you think about that? That's a really interesting. It's, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> no, I'm not a fan of it either, and I'm kind of can. I'm, it makes me like question. Like, is he saying that to be like counter? I don't think he's trying to be coy. I think he genuinely loves the episode. Um, okay. I think he just does not like Mad Men for the same reasons you and I like it. 
Sure, sure. And as, and a, as creator, a creator, I yeah. can, oh, beautiful. <laughs> we're on <laughs> the same a, page. <laughs> we were harmonizing. And as a creator. And as a creator. As a creator. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a creator, you have a different relationship with your art than uh, yes. the the mindless idiots who make podcasts about it. <laughs> God, if he if Matthew Weiner ever listened to this show, I think he would love us. I think he'd say these guys get it. This guy, I think he would too. I yeah. think he would too. Actually, if we were to say favorite episode that we've watched thus far, I mean, I don't think this one is one of <laughs> one we would have picked. No. No. What would you? What What are some episodes you would be even leaning to that, like from season one to two that we've touched? I mean, so Nixon versus Kennedy, five G, and um, I forget what the oh flight is it flight oh, one? Yes, yeah, flight one. Yeah, yeah. A good one. That's that's a fantastic one, and um, yeah. those are my three favorites so far. Yeah. I would say definitely Nixon versus Kennedy for sure. Love Flight One. You know, you know, <laughs> I'm with you. I love Five G as well. I mean, um, I'm trying to think if there's any like other like you know. I did really love. Uh, I did. I did really love uh, last last episode, um, episode five, uh, the new girl. I really liked oh. that episode a lot. Yeah, I remember. I remember you were a big fan of that one. I. I would also say Three Sundays, um, which... Ooh, you know, that's a good one, too. Yeah, just I think that one's beautiful. But yeah, yeah those, beautiful those are some of my favorites. Too. Yeah, I just... Yeah. I I don't know that if you were to ask any Mad Men fan what their favorite <laughs> episode is, I don't know if there's anyone besides Matthew Weiner who would pick this episode. Yeah, man. It's, it's probably near the bottom of the list of what we've watched for me, so... Yeah, yeah, I think, I think you're probably right, honestly. Yeah. I, Oh man, as we wind down, man, I um, I want to just thank everybody for taking a listen. Um, whether you're new here or not, we got a backlog ready for you to listen to. Start start from episode one, season one, and climb the ladder. I would say, I would do it chronologically. Mm, definitely chronologically. <laughs> you must go chronologically in order. <laughs> you must mm, definitely. You must you go chronologically. Yes. Pinky up too while you watch. <laughs> That's right. No, man. I, I uh, again, this being an episode that we feel is, you know, so so. I still, th- I still enjoyed watching our characters have fun. Um, I watched, I enjoyed watching Don through his uh, trials and tribulations as 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 we continue through season two. And um, sure, I'm really just, I'm kind of hungry actually to see the next episode as well because oh yeah, I feel like I feel like Mad Men has this pattern. I don't know if you've noticed it where they'll give you a. They'll give you like a lead up episode that's kind of like, okay, you know, this was good. And then hit you, really slap you in the face with the next one. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I'll tell you, I have noticed that. I call it the slingshot effect where you need the episode like this to pull mm-hmm. you back and slow things down. And then all of a sudden the next episode just sends you fucking flying. So Exactly. exactly. Now, will next week's episode send us, to quote myself, fucking flying? Uh, we'll we'll have to find out next week but find out next week people I I echo MJ's thoughts uh, about thank you for listening and uh, make sure to use the hashtag dadmendoncast if you want to talk to us uh, or send us an email at dadmendoncast at gmail.com and we will talk about it on the show well I think it's about time to uh, hit that 
Dusty Dad Trail. I think we are, and um, as we always say, the medium. It's the mess. It's the message. It's the message. <laughs> it's the message. Uh, it's, it's the missus. <laughs> it's the missus. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba>. <laughs> this has been a Destiny Park Media production. If you like the show, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. For more content, you can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. We're going to be posting video clips of your favorite podcasts, as well as glimpses at new music. And hey, drop us a line or send any questions you might have to destinyparkmedia at gmail.com.